1: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic,
0: your daily podcast on the Orlando magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 7th, 2018. My name is Philip Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Happy with you here on a Thursday, the day after Game 3 of the NBA Finals. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd Coming up on today's episode, we'll talk a little bit about Game 3 of the NBA Finals as we get to near the end here of the NBA season. We'll also chat a little bit about some backup point guard options for the second round of the NBA draft, introduce you to some of the players that might be going in uh, with the Magic's two second round picks coming up in this draft. But before we get to that, I want to remind you that the Locked On Podcast Network is your team every day with local experts covering the team, just like I do here with the Orlando Magic. And so I would be remiss, before I dive into finals discussions, if I didn't point you to the experts covering the NBA Finals. Locked On Cavs and Locked On Warriors are both fantastic podcasts that do the same local detail, the same expert detail that I give about the Orlando Magic about their teams, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. There is no better place to turn for your finals information, for however long the finals may last, than Locked On Cavs and Locked On Warriors. Remember, the Locked On Podcast Network is your team every day. It's got every NBA team, most NFL teams, and a growing number of MLB teams too. So plenty to get you through the summer when there's no basketball. You can, I guess, listen about football, and I guess, listen about baseball, but... Basketball will still be here. We'll still be doing mostly daily podcasts during the summer, but plenty to get to there as well. So definitely check those out on iTunes again. That's Locked On Warriors, Locked On Cavs, and give Locked On NBA a download too to get all your final fix. Remember, the Locked On Podcast Network is your team every day. But let's dive into my breakdown of NBA Finals Game 3, the Golden State Warriors coming from behind after digging themselves a pretty sizable first half deficit to win 110 to 102 and this was the Kevin Durant show 15 for 23 shooting 6 for 9 from beyond the arc 13 rebounds 7 assists and a playoff career high 43 points for Kevin Durant I've been I've kind of been saying to myself I haven't said it publicly so you'll have to take my word for it I've been kind of saying to myself, all playoffs, I am waiting for the Kevin Durant game. Durant looks like he's forcing things. It looks like he was isolating too much. Um, He hasn't really had that supernova game, and and he he was still scoring effectively and relatively efficiently, Um, but it it wasn't like this. This was Durant in the flow of the offense. This was Durant in isolation. This was Durant just taking over a game that he had to take over because, frankly, the rest of the Warriors, the key Warriors at least, didn't show up in the same way. Stephen Curry, 11 points, 3 for 16, shooting 1 for 10 from beyond the arc. Six assists for him. Klay Thompson, just 10 points, 4 for 11, shooting 2 for 5 from beyond the arc. It was not a good game by any stretch of the imagination for those two. It was Durant against the world. And Durant delivered. Durant won the game. Now, Golden State played really, really well down the stretch. And a lot of it was Durant, of course. But they rallied together defensively. They made some key stops. They got they got the baskets that they needed. Uh, they came from behind and won. Durant, just with this incredible, must have been a 35-foot three-pointer with his team up three, shot clock winding down. He drains a deep three that just felt like a dagger to Cleveland to, to put the Warriors up by six. And that essentially ended the game. Uh, that, that that shot just ended the game. Curry hit his only three-pointer late in the fourth quarter as well. Uh, and Cleveland just couldn't respond. LeBron just did not have the response. I think LeBron answered that Durant three with a three, but it just felt too little too late. Um, it, it just felt like Cleveland had to be perfect. And honestly, that's been kind of the storyline, I think, for the Warriors over the course of the last two series. Um, the thing that, that, that's that been my big takeaway is when you play... I mean, and this is true whenever you're playing Golden State, but it's been especially true in these playoffs. When you play Golden State, you have got to be perfect. Golden State doesn't have to be perfect to beat you. They weren't perfect on Wednesday night. They weren't perfect in game one. They don't have to be perfect. Their margin for error is so wide because they've got so many gifted basketball players and they could score in an instant. The difference here is Cleveland has to be perfect, and they cannot make mistakes. And honestly, it's hard to say that Cleveland made very many mistakes in this game. I mean, LeBron James, 33 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, 4 turnovers hurt, but 13 for 28 shooting, that's not a bad night. That's a good night. And LeBron got his help. Kevin Love with 20 points, 13 rebounds. J.R. Smith with 13 points, albeit on 5 for 14 shooting. Rodney Hood... Finally off the bench, 15 points, seven for 11 shooting. They got the help that they needed, but it just wasn't enough. The defense wasn't there, especially on Durant, uh, Jordan Bell attacking the basket. Uh, Andre Iguodala came back, provided some really good minutes, even though he did not look like he wanted to shoot the ball at all. And Jordan Bell with some solid minutes off the bench too. Golden State just did that, just found that little bit, that little bit of, of space that Cleveland gave them. And turned it on and and beat him. And yeah, it it took an incredible game from Durant to win this game. If if Durant has a pedestrian game, if Durant has an average game, if he scores 25, Golden State doesn't win this game. Kevin Durant won this game. In the same way that LeBron James has won games countless times, and and LeBron never really took over this game. Um, He was a big part of it, a big part of the reason why Cleveland was so close and, and was trying to will his team to victory. But it just wasn't there, not in the same way that that it was for Durant. This was Kevin Durant's night, and and when it's a great player like Kevin Durant's night, it doesn't matter, especially with how good Golden State's defense is. When it wants to be, and so if I'm Cleveland, I'm sitting there really upset and really disappointed, and and probably a little frustrated because you've played two nearly perfect games. You've gotten two poor games from Golden State, and you're still down 3-0. I hate to say this to to any Cleveland fans that happen to be listening. You should probably be up 2-1. You certainly should be down 2-1. That game one loss stings a ton. That was the game they needed to have. This was the game they needed to have in game three as well. If you're going to beat Golden State, you've got to win the close games. Golden State's going to blow you out occasionally. They're that good. But you gotta win the close games. That's that was that was Houston's problem. When Houston won Game Five of that series, that was a huge, huge game for them. That was a game they had to win. They had to win the close games, and they did. And then Chris Paul got hurt, and they weren't able to keep the other games close or, or find give themselves a chance to win those other games. Cleveland's been in this series. This is. You know, I, jo- I, I said this, I did a radio appearance after after the game ended. I, I say this about the 2009 finals, and I, and I hate to, to bring up old wounds. The 2009 finals to me, the Lakers were the better team. The Lakers deserved to win that championship, uncalled goaltends in game two notwithstanding. The Lakers were the better team. But to me, that was a close five-game series, a quote-unquote close five-game series. Outside of game one and game five, Every game was close. The difference was in that series, with the personnel the Magic had, the experience the Lakers had, and you know, if if Jameer Halt Nelson were truly healthy and truly in rhythm, maybe that series would have gone a little bit differently. But the truth was in that series, Orlando had to win their close games. They were not blowing out the Lakers that in that series. Not with the size that the Lakers had and the versatility that they had in Lamar Odom. They had to win the close games. So game two, game one, they got blown out. Game two, they got to overtime and lost. Again, uncalled goaltends notwithstanding. Maybe the Magic actually did win that game. Game three, they won the close game despite shooting a NBA Finals record field goal percentage. It was a close game, and that probably was a big sign that that that, that series was not as close as it seemed. But that got you to 2-1. Game four was the heartbreaker, was the backbreaker two free throws to put the Magic up four. Dwight misses them both. Derek Fisher comes down the court, drains the shot over, over Jameer Nelson, and we're in overtime. And in overtime, Jameer digs in digs in on, on Kobe Bryant. He dishes out to Derek Fisher for the three. Backbreaker. Series over, essentially. What could have been a 2-2 series in Game 5 was a 3-1 series, and that's a very, very different proposition. But that's what series is all about. I mean, I know it's been a long time since the Magic have been in the playoffs, but... That's what series are all about, those those random bounces, finding a way to get that extra point. And right now, the Warriors are finding ways to get those extra points that the Cavs aren't getting. The Cavs have such little margin for error to get those extra points. That, That one little mistake, not switching right, switching the wrong guy on a Durant, is killing them and has them now in this 3-0 hole. This is not a 3-0 series, in my opinion. This is a 2-1 series, probably in the Warriors' favor, but I I could believe that it should be 2-1 Cavs. And the Cavs should feel that way, too. But unfortunately, it's 3-0, and they've got Friday night to fix it. They've got Friday night to get this thing right. They look like they're going to blow the doors open at the start of Game 3, and this was the game that I thought the Cavs had to take, not just because it's to avoid a 3-0 deficit, but... Emotion of being back home. It really looked like they were going to ride that emotion and, and get not an easy win, but a comfortable win. I think they were up by 12 early on in the game. The Golden State fights. And Cleveland has thrown everything they can at them. And it just may not be enough. I don't know if Cleveland's going to extend this series out to five games. They were able to do it last year. Um, you know, Maybe Golden State gets a little lazy, which they tend to do sometimes so they could go celebrate at home in Game 5, but Golden State's really good. I don't think Curry and Thompson will have bad games like this again. I think Cleveland missed their opportunity to to make this a series. And so we'll see what happens in Game 4 on Friday night.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Moving on now to the Orlando Magic. Not a lot going on today. Jonathan Isaac uh, did did an appearance, you know, Said a little something about about how he feels. His strength is different. We'll we'll get to Jonathan Isaac plenty uh, in July when he when we get to summer league. He'll be a huge focus of summer league. But obviously, we're focused on the draft right now. Orlando had some prospects in on Tuesday for draft workouts, including Kevin Knox, a likely lottery pick. Um, Got a chance to talk to him a little bit. You can check out my article on him on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. The Magic, I can confirm, do have other workouts planned this week, including a pretty big one on Thursday. I'll have more details of that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. I've kind of been sworn to secrecy on it, so I'm not going to reveal who it is. But it is a guy that they would consider at 6 is is in town uh, today, or is, is going to be in town uh, this week, that later this week, um, and certainly more will be coming uh, in the coming weeks as well as we get to two weeks now to the NBA draft. Um, but I wanted to take this time to talk about some of the options for the Magic in the second round. Um, if we've spent a lot of time focused on six, uh, and that's a huge pick obviously, a, a humongous opportunity for the Orlando Magic, and, and a pick that they've got to get right, and a pick that's got to be a, a key player to this team moving forward. Um, no doubt about it, that is a big deal pick for Orlando. But you'd be remiss if you didn't talk a little bit about what the Magic could do with their two second-round picks. The Magic will have the 35th pick in the draft. That is their own pick. They also have the 41st pick in the draft, the pick that they acquired in the Alfred Payton trade from the Phoenix Suns. Um, These are two high-value picks, honestly. We're not talking about picks uh, in the back half of the second round. We're talking about... You know, a guy that's five picks away from the first round, so to speak. Or, you know, the, the, This is a place where you can get some first-round talent, um, and, and it's not clear who's going to be there yet, but there are a lot of interesting players, and, and specifically, there are a lot of interesting players that you could take in this range at the point guard position. Last year was the point guard draft, and I think a lot of fans have noted that and said, well, if Magic needed a point guard, if they really didn't believe in Alfred Payton, then why didn't they just take a point guard and fix that problem now. Well, that's neither here nor there. I, I don't think the Magic were in a position to draft for need. Um, I don't think the front office had made a decision on Alfred Payton yet. Um, so I, I think that they made the they made the pick for the best player available. And, and whether you agree with that or not, whether you agree Jonathan Isaac was the best player available, is a moot point. Um, you know, we're starting to see we're starting to see fans kind of take sides on who the Magic should take, and 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 you know, kind of trench themselves in that in that camp. And I would always advise. Don't fall in love with anybody. You don't know who the magic like. It, it, it frankly doesn't matter who you like. Maybe you'll be proven right in the end. Maybe you'll be proven wrong in the end. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about who the magic want, and they have a lot more information than we do now. Whether they whether that information is deployed correctly, whether those those gambles, those those assumptions, those conclusions are made correctly. That's why they get hired and fired, and, and we'll see we'll see what comes of them. But I think it's important for them to, again, whoever's in charge, whether you agree with their decisions or disagree with their decisions, it's important they keep to a process, that they keep to, um, that they keep to their principles and they keep to what they believe in, because ultimately they're responsible for this team. And if they do something that is against what they believe in, they've lost already. Frankly, that, that then that, then it's over, it's it's done. I mean, I think that's what happened with Rob Hennigan on a lot of fronts. At the end of his tenure, but that's either here nor there. That's 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 something completely different. Um, but it, this year is the draft of the bigs. There's a lot of bigs at the top of this draft. Um, but there are a lot of interesting point guard prospects um, in the back half here, uh, or in the early second round. You know, we're talking about potentially Jalen Brunson of Villanova, a senior point guard that really that really is just solid in a lot of areas. I don't think he's spectacular anywhere, but he's just solid in a lot of areas. Good defender as well. Um, we're talking about Javon Carter of West Virginia. Perhaps a little undersized, maybe a little too stocky at times. That's a nice way of saying he's kind of over—he's kind of over, heavy for for his size, at least. Um, but a really good defender. That's what he made his name at at West Virginia. Really, really good defender. Good lockdown uh, lockdown defender, but decent enough score. I wouldn't rely on him so rely on him wholly for shooting, but really interesting prospect there. Someone that, that a lot of guys can like, although his, his wingspan and his athleticism don't project super well to the NBA, despite how well he played defensively at, in college. You're also looking at guys like the Anthony Melton of USC. He had to sit out the whole year, uh, but a really rangy athlete, um, You know, kind of a, a high IQ guy, uh, high IQ point guard. Just haven't seen him play for a year. Got to continue developing his shot. Got to continue getting better On that front, but uh, another really interesting option. You're looking at Shake Milton, six foot six point guard from SMU. Um, Guy who has incredible length, good defense, but again, very raw offensively, needs to continue developing and working on his shot. You've got guys like uh, Anthony Simons, graduated from Edgewater High School here in Orlando. Yes, he is named after Anthony Hardaway. He was born in Central Florida in the Orlando metropolitan area. Um, really interesting story. would be a really would be an interesting story to bring him here. Um, I do know that I, I I I do know that the Magic have shown interest in him. They interviewed him at the draft combine. Um, another long, lanky point guard. He plays a little bit like Penny Hardaway, but didn't go to college. He went to IMG Academy for his gap year. Um, was was able to to because he graduated from high school was able to use that as his year away from high school to enter the NBA draft. He's currently projected to go late first, early second round. I did a mock draft. I took him. I think he'd be a really good backup point guard, someone who could maybe play a little bit off the ball. Um, again, just very, very unproven at the NBA level, but good athleticism, good length from him and could be a really interesting prospect there as well. Uh, you've got uh, Eli Okobo from France. Uh, plays, I believe, in France. Really long point guard as well. Um, guy who... who uh, has to continue. Who, who has a lot of passing passing ability? Uh, is a, is a decent shooter, uh, but you know someone who's very unproven as well. Someone who hasn't uh, played a lot of basketball. Someone someone. So he would be someone that that you could put on the list as someone who's, who's got length and athleticism and all the things that you want, but maybe not as much refined basketball skill as well. But but he's done. He did some really good things in France as France. Uh, in in that in the league there, and so you, you you just go down this list. I'm sure I've forgotten a few. Um, we'll dive into a few of them in a little bit. Um, but uh, he, there are, there are a lot of really interesting point guards. Now, are any of these guys starters? I mean, maybe Okobo can be. Maybe DeAnthony Melton can be. Maybe Anthony there These these are all potential plays. These are all guys that have a lot of potential, a lot of raw potential, but maybe not any defined skill. Outside as, of Jalen Brunson and Javon Carter, I would say a lot of these guys are still pretty undeveloped. Shake, Shake Milton, probably pretty developed um, as well, but but playing him at point guard in, at the NBA level would, will be an interesting exper- experiment. Um, I think that if the Magic do want to go point guard, A, at 6, you take the best player available, no matter who it is. At this point... You know, D.J. Augustine, Shelvin Mack, they're not long-term answers at point guard. Um, They're good backups, so I don't think backup point guard is a pressing need um, for this team. But I think with 35 and 41, it's also really important that the Magic get a key contributor, get someone who can be part of the rotation. Um, They don't need to take a huge swing here. I think that they can keep things simple, keep things logical. You want someone that has upside. You want someone that can still grow and and maybe be a little bit more. But you don't need to to take a home run cut and swing and miss. You need to get someone that you know maybe has a higher ceiling than a typical second round pick, maybe a lower floor than a typical second round pick, but someone who's going to be okay in the middle uh, of of that range, whatever it is. And 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 there are, there are interesting players all over the board, obviously, um, in this draft. But but I think a lot of fans, a lot of people have. Focused on the point guard position to say, this could be a place where the Magic get take take a swing at a point guard. I mean, if Anthony Simons is there at, at, at 35, I would take him. If Kobo is there at 35, I would take him. If, if Jalen Brunson is there at 35, I would definitely take him. Um, you know, I mean, any of those guys. If really any of those guys, Javon Carter, maybe not at 35, but um, if those guys are there at 35... Those are valuable backup point guards that you can bring in and develop. You have your G League team to help them develop. you could, you got another year DJ Augustin you could probably get away with. Um, Shelvin Mack is, an, is uh, unfortunately, I would say, um, more of a trade piece at this point than, than the player that you hope to be on the roster next year. Um, and so you have some flexibility there. The Magic have other needs, too. Don't get me wrong. I think they, I think they could use another small forward. I think they could use probably a, another stretch-four power forward type um, to, to replace what Marie Spates was supposed to give you, uh, as well as move Ken Burch back up to center a little bit more comfortably. But um, you're not drafting on need here. You're drafting who's going to help you, who's the best player to help you now and in the future. And, and, and I think at point guard, you've, you can find a lot of interesting guys that, that maybe could develop into a starter if you don't take a Trey Young or a Colin Sexton or a Shai Gilgis Alexander in the first round. Um, but someone that could definitely fill in a backup point guard role or be a little bit more, be a spot starter, be, be, be something like that. Um, you know, I think that 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 point guard in with that 35 or 41 pick feels really, really natural. Um, it feels like it's it's something that the Magic would invest in because there are a lot there that are very good, that are probably going to be the best players on the board at that time. And so, you know, I think the Magic will do their homework on a lot of these guys. I'm sure some of them will be in town. Um, They've expressed interest in some of them already. uh, and, And we'll see what direction they head from there.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore omd And for the latest on the online, no magic, including a look at... Terrence Ross, who might be the biggest mystery of any player on the team this offseason, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, our draft preview series is continuing. I'm a day behind. I apologize. Kyrie Thomas is up now from Creighton. Very interesting player. Had fun watching some tape on him, getting to know him a little bit. Um, I doubt he'll be there when the Magic draft in the late second, in the early second round, but maybe the Magic move into the late first round. He would be a guy that I would want to pick, uh, for sure. A great defender. Little undersized for the two, but a good shooter, great defender. Uh, any team any team could use him, certainly, off the bench at the very, very least. Uh, so definitely check that out. And of course, remember to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, especially Locked On Cavs and Locked On Warriors, to get you set for Game 4 of the NBA Finals. Remember, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
1: You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.